Welcome to Bo's Cafe. We're here. Hello. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> we keep waiting for you, yeah. but here we sit in this That's room. A, it's a pretty small room for anybody yes, to is. Yes, it is. join we, up. We could have maybe three more in here. Well, yeah, I mean, we're... Not enough yeah. oxygen for that. Maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> David, you got to upgrade your room here. This Pinkerton Studios. I was up last night, and I was literally <clears throat> thinking about that. How could I knock this wall out? And without telling the landlord. Well, yeah. yeah. I've actually put up a wall without telling the landlord. You know, Grace <laughs> yeah. allows you to. we go. And we'll have to delete this episode, Your Honor. Uh, he did mention illegal zoning restrictions. Not illegal. Just, uh, yeah. He just shrunk the square footage of yeah. his building. That's what yeah. you did. They're yeah. improvements that are a surprise <laughs> and a delight, I think. Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's great that we don't have the listenership that would include our landlord. Yeah. yeah. He's not too interested. Yeah. Oh, he could be. He could be. He, he has been very generous to us to uh, put us up on extended uh, ladders so we could see his second floor where nobody, mm-hmm. nobody goes. Yeah. What a beautiful and I've never been up there. You haven't been up there? No. We're in an old convent here at Bo's Cafe, yes. and yeah. right above us there is a old sanctuary a with immaculately yes. carved cherubim everywhere. Yeah, in and the choir lofts are still there from the well, past days when, when well. they, they, yeah, this was a, a going parish. We also have dead vermin up there, too. So. <laughs> 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 Can we spoil that beautiful picture? Oh, there, there you go. Yeah. I just now he'll start talking about the pigeons you know, next. I, just, yeah, again, yeah. I didn't need to go there. <laughs> so we're under the seventh week of objections or hurdles. Hashtag grace fears. <clears throat> grace fears mm-hmm. that people have when they start to ponder uh, living this life. And I thought today would be a, a good day just to recap the questions, at least of the first seven or six weeks. The first question was... How many sodas is too many? There, there you go. <laughs> oh, no, uh, not that. That's coming. That's, that's going to be in week 10, I think it is. First question, isn't grace ultimately just a license to sin? Second question... Wouldn't grace gradually cause us not to pray as much? Third question related, wouldn't I stop doing the spiritual disciplines? Fourth question in grace fears is, wouldn't I stop striving for excellence in my life? Fifth one was, wouldn't I give up fighting against sin? Hmm. Sixth question last week was, as a pastor, or mission leader, I fear I might lose my job. Hmm. And then this week, people would probably stop giving like they used to if they thought they were under grace, wouldn't they? Hmm. Hmm. So that's a great question. Yeah, I like it. Um, can they get all the ones and listen to the ones go back? They can. They're all on our website. They're all on the website. Back for about two years. Before that... Can't get them. Can't get them, huh? <laughs> there was a <laughs> time there was the man lawn mowing. Uh-huh. During... Like our third podcast <laughs> yeah. ever. It was literally like a lawnmower was in the microphone. <laughs> Why do you think people ask that question in the first place? About the lawnmower? I yeah, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was that a Briggs and <laughs> Strat? Yeah. What kind of Husqvarna? engine? Varna? Well, <clears throat> a, a leader in a system or an organization... Uh, is, I mean, it sounds so bad, 
but there is the reality of their profit and what's going to best engender. So, so in terms of a bad motive of, a, of an unhealthy leader or an unhealthy system, it's going to be the concern about keeping that machinery running. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it's not a noble concern. It's just a concern of, man, I do know how to get people to give. And, and and yet it has nothing to do with the gospel. It's just a technique. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would think such a person would be terrified of grace giving. Because they would, they would like, lose control of that yes. sort of manipulative type of yes. method yes. of securing funds. Yes. Yeah, interesting. Um, so when you think about... The concept of grace being lavish. Mm-hmm. Um, why? And, and people understand that about God's grace when they come to Him and salvation. Why? Why don't they continue to think that way about their own giving or about other people's giving? What What causes mm-hmm. that? Well, one thing I do know is that money is one of those maybe three things that just makes us stupid. It just kills us. I mean, we can have the best theology about things and be so wise and so thoughtful, and then you talk to somebody about their money, and they're like, they they just, and it's, you know, it's so hard um, to quantify what's healthy because some people look so generous, and, and they are, but they're also frivolous and just ridiculous, and they're not thoughtful, and they're not stewards. And then you've got the people who are like steward people, but... They're also really stingy, and they're yeah, yeah. They're gracious yeah. And, and generous when it appears, but it's very measured. And none of it is is free in the way we're talking about. Yeah. And I don't know the answer, but one thing I do think is grace, one of the best things about grace is it addresses, ultimately, your coping. It addresses what you need to do in life to cope, and a lot of those things have to do with money. And when you have to cope with less things because grace is letting other people love you and your stuff and, and those kinds of things, it it makes it frees up more of your money to love others rather than fearing that, okay, I've got to I've got to get this or I've got to bite the right food or I've got to do this. It kind of takes some of those shackles off and gives you even it doesn't matter if you, you're rich or you don't have very much and you've got a struggling business, however much you have. It allows you to be generous in, okay, you know, I don't have to have that to get by because mm-hmm. I'm being filled with what God is giving me and what people are giving me. This is a full life. I want to give into that. So that's one thing. Along the, that line, when people ask this kind of question of uh, when I stop giving or when people stop giving or not give as much, I think of the scripture in Second Corinthians 8. Um, You know the grace Mm -hmm. of our Lord Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ that though he was rich, Mm -hmm. yet he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Mm -hmm. That is the Mm -hmm. fullness of grace affecting everything about how we give to others and how Jesus uh, is uh, not only our model, but he is fused with us. And so that is the lavishness of the life of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another scripture as well that speaks to this that I would love for one of you to read. 
in, in the very next chapter. It's in 2 Corinthians uh, 9, around verse 7 or so. Yeah, let me start in verse 7. It says, Each one of you should give just as he has decided in his own heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you so mm. that because mm. you have enough of everything in every way at all times, mm. you will overflow in every good work. Mm. Isn't that an interesting thing? He, he one, he puts, he puts the onus on the Holy Spirit and you. Mm. He, he, and he also is giving you an identity statement that you have a God who will not ever make a mistake about your care. Yeah. And so you can relax about that and be generous. You know, I was thinking about That's right. this the other day. I saw a, a woman walking her dog out of this gated community. And I thought, I know those are really nice houses. And then I thought, you know, you can walk out of that house and let's say that person had a $200,000 kitchen and all of these things. And yet when you walk out of that with your dog, you're just like everybody else with your your issues of, oh, my daughter's having issues at college. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. And it reminded me that I always used to say to myself, it doesn't matter how expensive the kitchen or the cabinets are that you're standing in when you're having an argument with your wife and you don't feel loved. It just doesn't matter. Right. And when it's talking about this overflow, it's not an overflow, of course, as, as everyone knows, but we get confused. It's not an overflow of cars or the right schools or the right this. It's an overflow of being loved where you are, even when you feel like maybe others have more than you or it doesn't feel fair. Well, even more a gift when you feel fulfilled by what God is giving you. That's exactly right. And that's why he emphasizes that God is able to make all grace overflow to you. Mm-hmm. And out of that overflow of grace... You're able to be generous and lavish. And we have to remember that in these chapters, he was talking to the Macedonians, talking about them, how they were so generous uh, with their grace out of their poverty. And so, like you were saying, it doesn't matter how much you have or don't have. Grace will see to it that you, like Jesus, become generous. And in an environment of grace... Um, another thing happens is that people who have more, who have better tastes, who have those things, they will let people who don't have much give to them. You think about if you don't have much to give, but somebody who has a lot still lets you give something to them, that's a really neat exchange. That's right. That's, and that's kingdom-oriented because just because someone has more money or, or better <coughs> things doesn't mean that they can't be really thoughtfully loved by somebody who has very little. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a, a, I don't know, I just love when I see that happen. This is a great lesson for any leader because it's forcing us in that passage to trust identity to do something. And, And you hear another leader actually saying, to his constituency, to his community, on something he very much wants to see happen. Paul, that was his pet project, but he said, you just do it. I com- I'm convinced that you have a conscience that is spirit-led, so you decide how much you need. I, I know that I need to present the situation, and he- he's. I, know- I also need to remind you, don't be afraid, he's going to take care of you. 
and he, he really is, is going to meet beyond your wildest dreams of life. What a, what a courageous thing for a leader to believe that. And so I, I think we can inspire through the word leaders to not be afraid. That's right. Yeah. And therefore not to manipulate. That's right. Uh, and not to go back to that room of good intentions uh, where you should, you ought, and guilt people into something that they could have otherwise been so cheerful That's to right. do. And, and it, will, mm-hmm. it, it actually will work for a while. But but it yeah, will be right. grudging, and eventually it won't work. Yeah, it, it, and yeah. that's it's exactly right. I think about our friends at Generous Giving who um, say to us, um, you know what? If you don't get grace, you won't get generosity. Mm-hmm. You'll get tipping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's, that's exactly right. That's it's God's grace that produces generosity. Well, you guys, we'll see you next week at Bo's Cafe. Bye-bye, you guys.